Hello listeners, you're listening to the Three Angry Gamers podcast. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to let you know that we're actually brought to you by Fortnite and their latest mode, the creative mode. You're kind of wondering, what is creative mode? It's pretty cool, honestly. I've checked it out recently. What it is, is you can go into your Fortnite maps just like you normally could. There's a bit of a difference, though. You can create whatever you want. You can create all these different structures and different things that you want, and unlike the regular Fortnite Battle Royale mode where people are gunning for you and trying to kill you, you can do this without any stress. And then here's what's great. Once you've created the map that you want to make, you can create a custom game mode around it so you can play with your friends. I don't know, maybe you want to make a golf map Maybe you want to make a tower defense mode. You can make whatever you want in this creative mode, and that's what's so cool. Fortnite is something else entirely. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't like it, but what you are going to like is that creative mode allows you to try different modes and different types of gameplay in a way that's both comfortable, new, and friendly, but all the while it's still Fortnite. So check it out, and with that, let's get on with this episode of Three Angry Gamers. Thanks for your time, everyone. And welcome to the Three Angry Gamers podcast. With me, as always, we have Dennis and Jamie. How are you two doing today? Great. Awesome. I'm good. We were going to try to figure out what Lucas does for a job after last week, but <laughs> oh, yeah. he's not on, so we will not know what Lucas uh, does as a job still. We'll we'll save that for the next time he's on, but. <laughs> that, that turned into like a really funny thing people like emailed yeah. in they were just like oh is lucas an eco-terrorist and i'm like probably not but <laughs> i like the guess we got like a f- lot of them so we'll, we'll do this the next time lucas is on um but yeah we we're here to talk about video game news and what we've been playing all this fun stuff uh let's just dive right into it with uh borderlands 3 it was rumored and uh we kind of all saw it coming a mile away but mm-hmm. it got formally announced has a september 13th release date so it's not that much of a wait until the movie or the, the game comes out uh yeah do you guys uh were you guys watching the trailer are you guys excited for the the new game yeah i'm super hyped i love borderlands 2 uh and borderlands one to be i mean borderlands two is i bought it like <laughs> probably five or six times and i played through it on every console that i bought it on <laughs> so, wow yeah, okay i'm a fan <laughs> that's all right. yeah, yeah, i mean i like it but not as the not as that like not that yeah. much i think i played through it once as co-op um with some friends but i i enjoyed it as well like I want more of the same, so Borderlands 3, I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm really all that excited for a new Borderlands game, but like, I think it's, I think we we're talking about this last week where it's like, it's just more Borderlands and that's not necessarily a bad thing where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, you know, it probably is not changing up that much. Um, but I mean, if you can just bring fresh new content, some new characters and whatnot, then yeah, it'll be fun. Um, that's kind of the vibe I was getting from it. It was like, Hey, this is probably not going to like blow anyone away. It's probably not going to get like game of the year or anything, but you know what? It's just going to be more borderlands. You can play with your buddies, have fun. So why not? So yeah, no, uh, the new vault hunters look pretty interesting too. Did you guys, uh, check those out? Yeah, like I'm I'm not mm. sure like the new siren seems very different from like the last two sirens as far as like her power set. Like it's all it looks like she's like punching spirit hands or something. Like I don't yeah. know. It's, it's like, very right. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I know one of them is like a pet based kinda looking character and uh I can't remember. Yeah, there was the one guy that uh, he was more like a stealth character, mm-hmm. it looked like. Um, yeah, there was the one that was, yeah, so there's Amara the Siren, which it's interesting because she looks a lot more aggro for a Siren than before. Right. You have Flack the Beastmaster, which is like, a, apparently he's a robot that's a Beastmaster, and I'm like, okay. But it looks really cool because it looks like he can just toss on some sort of thing onto uh enemies and just convert them over to his allies so almost kind of like a necromancer kind of um zane is uh yeah the the operative and then he kind of just is uh just more of a stealth person then you have maz the gunner which is apparently like it looks like she can just hop into this giant mech and just destroy people with the mech so uh, that looks kind of cool so We'll see how that all goes. That's cool. Yeah. I hope they bring back Psycho, though. I loved playing as Psycho. That was so fun. Oh, yeah. Was that Borderlands 2? I think that was a DLC or something for Borderlands 2. I think it was DLC for Borderlands 2, yeah. Yeah. yeah he was like... That was uh... I had so much fun playing that character. I always yeah. liked the Gunzerker. He was my. F- he was the one that I played through the first time. And he, he was mm. the one that like I did most of the DLCs with, so... Um, yeah, no, uh, I was kind of a little disappointed. I'm like, uh, but there's no Gunzerker, but it's, I guess it's still like, you could probably say that like Maz the Gunner is probably the closest to or something like that. So, and I imagine there'll definitely, I, I'd actually be willing to put money down that there's probably going to be some DLC Vault Hunters. So, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. And they've, they said there's going to be at least four, uh, DLC like season pass things too, and I don't know if that includes Vault Hunters or if it's just you know like they had in Borderlands Two, they had uh, the areas, the DLC areas. Yeah, because I know in Borderlands Two they had some DLC characters, and then they also had like just a ton of areas. That game right. like had a crazy amount of DLC. Like it's just insane. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um. But yeah, looks good. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. I pre-ordered it. Um, I saw there was like a $250 version that came with like a, an actual loot yeah. box or something. And I was just like, mm, cool. I didn't get that, 
but in retrospect, I probably should have because some guy on Reddit was saying like, "Oh, you buy it and then it almost guaranteed sell out, and then you can resell it for like five hundred dollars or something like that." And I was like, "Oh, mm. I'm probably too lazy to probably. do that," but he probably yeah, same. Uh, hey, um, what do you guys think, hypothetically? Because I feel like Borderlands would be really good for this. What if Borderlands actually did implement Battle Royale? Because like they have this whole gun randomization stuff, mm -hmm. which I think would work really well in a Battle Royale. I think. Like, I think it could be like a fun little mode for sure. Like yeah, you're just like in the world. Not the main and then game. Maybe there's like a like Coliseum or something like that, and it's just like mm -hmm. it's in universe, but you could set it up. I would I'd be fine with that. Yeah, like I don't want them to replace the main game with it, but no. if it's something extra on the side or a DLC, I think it actually might be really good. Because the those games have always kind of shied away from like competitive multiplayer, but I think it could be fun. True. So. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of wondering because there was a rumor that there was going to be some gunsmithing in the game, and I'm uh, like, hmm, I would really be game for that because like sometimes you get a weapon that's like good but not great, but if you could like take a weapon that maybe you just prefer and you could just you know amp it up maybe a little bit, add some other parts onto it, like that would be awesome. Yeah, so, it's always a bummer when you get like a gun you really like and then you just re out level it by like ten levels. You're like, I just want to keep using it, uh, but it's just not doing enough damage now. So. Yeah. So mm. I'm actually really hoping that that's true. They didn't indicate anything in the trailer that said whether there was like gunsmithing or not, but just thinking about like so many games nowadays put that feature <laughs> in, especially with like RPG games like Fallout 4 and all that. So I'm mm. I'm imagining it's probably true, but I was like, man, I really I want to do that. Like, I think I I've said it on a previous podcast where I'm like, hey, if I could just put like a silencer on a light machine gun, I'm going to, even if it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but uh, add legs to your guns. If if they have smithing, that better be an option. Oh yeah, because that was a thing too, where it was like, oh now yeah. now the guns Gun have legs. legs. Yeah. So, Why not? Oh, sure. Love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited for this. I can't wait for, for more. So, uh, Prince Harry apparently hates Fortnite. So, <laughs> I saw a headline with that. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, it was kind of. He came out saying how it's. Uh, he he actually said he wanted it banned in the UK right. altogether. <laughs> um, yeah, and I. I was actually, I just looked it up on Twitter. Like, I found it on Twitter, and then I saw all of people's responses, and then people were just, like, replying with, oh, how, how much you want to bet he just, like, lost a game of Fortnite, now he's like, I want it banned, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just, like, ridiculous. No, I don't know. Must be, yeah, like, I doubt he's serious. I don't think anybody's taking him seriously, but I find it funny that, like, news articles are right, or... You know, maybe like gaming journalists are actually writing an article about it. Well, I think too, it's also worth like noting that like during when he said this, he was visiting like a YMCA, and obviously like uh, YMCA's are like more geared towards like hey, kids are getting out and being right. active and active. doing all those other things. So of course he's gonna like slam on a video game when he's there, right? So I think it's all mm. politics and stuff, but it's just kind of yeah. like. It's kind of funny that it got kind of like taken out of hand, and now people are like, "Oh, I can't believe he <laughs> hates Fortnite." It's like, uh, <laughs> it's I don't even know if he plays though. games. I'd be curious if he if he mm. plays games, which games he plays. But 
Yeah. So hopefully you don't live in the UK because there may be a risk that he may ban your Fortnite account. Sorry. Just kidding. Probably won't. Um, so there's a rumor that uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD are going to be coming to the Switch. Uh, so it's just a rumor, so it's not actually official, but it does sound like we might be getting some some Zelda action on the Switch. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think this is credible at all? Or do you be interested in checking this out? I would totally... Uh, first off, I would be hyped for it because I didn't get to play Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U uh, because I didn't want to, you know... Buy a Wii U? But, well, I have a Wii U, but oh. I just never wanted to get that game because, I, I don't know, I just... At that time, the Wii U was, like, starting to, uh, mm. to uh, lose steam, and I was just like, yeah, whatever, right. I'll just... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd still pick it up for Switch and I'd play it there. Uh, I mm-hmm. like Twilight Princess. But I think it's totally credible because m- many people did not buy a Wii U and uh, a lot more right. people seem to have bought the Switch. So mm-hmm. why not just take something that you've already done by porting it to HD and uh, yep. just move it over to something that people actually buy it on? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, they're basically printing money, you know? Like, yeah. you already have the asset. Totally just reuse right. it. Sounds good. That's why I want, you know that give me a metroid prime trilogy just release all the games again on switch mm-hmm. <laughs> i would actually like if they did it as like a double thing like if they sold both games in a single package i was thinking of that yeah. like that'd be great um yeah so uh the funny thing is well the, this actually comes from a best buy link uh mm-hmm. best buy posting for uh, link to the past, but po- apparently it also mentions that yeah, there's also those games too coming. So I I think it makes a whole lot of sense, and I just love how like the Switch is becoming like a place for like all the Zelda games to reside. Like if you mm. ideally we get to the point where if you wanted to, you could play through every uh, Legend of Zelda game on the Switch, which would be fantastic. If we can get to that point, we're living a good life. <laughs> Um, next up, uh, Microsoft is rumored to be combining their Xbox Live and Gamer Pass subscriptions into one. So basically, you would pay one price per year or per month or whatever, and you would get both Xbox Live and Gamer Pass. Uh, what do you think of this, uh, Jamie? I know hmm. you've you've checked out Gamer Pass before, right? I have not. Oh, um, I I. I had an Xbox Live subscription until this year. I finally let it lapse because I just haven't been using my Xbox. But I might get another, I might do it again if it was if it includes a Gamer Pass. Uh, that seems like a pretty good deal. So uh, mm. I'd be interested in it for sure. Yeah, I think it's uh, it just makes a whole lot of sense because I think they want to get to the point where like you can do more of a gamer pass type deal and people are maybe not outright owning games, but just taking yeah. it from that service. So um, I think it makes a whole lot of sense to move towards that. There was even those rumors of like a discless Xbox one. So uh, th- that would definitely oh, yeah, I remember that. move towards that. So um, yeah. No, I, I would definitely want to check that out. The only thing that I would be a little concerned about is price, but yeah. I imagine they would probably lower the price of both if you were to consolidate it into one. But right. that's my only concern is like the price might be a little too high, but we'll we'll see how that all goes. 
Like, what's it now? Is it sixty bucks for Xbox Live a year? Or is it how much? Yeah, let's see. Xbox Live one year. I think it's around sixty. Oh, it's uh, yeah, forty four ninety nine. Oh wow! So it's not too bad. But then let's see how much Gamer Pass is for one year. So I think Gamer Pass is like ten bucks a month or something like that. If you do it a la carte, maybe. Like mm. Twelve months. Yeah, so it's ninety nine dollars a year for the Gamer Pass. So. So yeah, you could do it for like maybe like 130 120 dollars for the year for both like you would have to you'd probably want to lower the cost for both if people are i would think so yeah. going for both also i'd imagine that would be an optional thing for the at least a little while just so you're not like forcing this big price jump for people who are maybe xbox live subscribers but are not xbox game pass users so yeah I'm definitely. Uh, I would. I'd be curious to find out more about this, but I wouldn't outright say no because if it means that, like, I could just get access to all these games that, like, maybe I don't want to pay full price for, but I want to check out. Then sure, why not? And they've basically said now that like all Xbox Studio games are like coming out day one on Game Pass now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that alone mm-hmm. makes it a pretty good deal if you're into that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if it's like the, like, uh, I checked out Gamer Pass. I got like a bit of a trial to try around with it. And like, I liked it. And I think what works about it is like, there's so much there that like, even if you wanted to, even if it was like third party games can maybe come out like a month or two after they're like retail released, you know, there's still so many games to play through on there. You probably wouldn't even notice until it's mm-hmm. like there. It's like probably like a Netflix situation, right? Like Netflix, maybe you're okay with the fact that like those movies get released on Blu-ray a few months before they right. appear on Netflix. But, you know, you wait a little bit, you watch something else. And then by the time it dies actually out, you can just check it out. So mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Apex Legends. Uh, not... Not getting too many new fans after this recent update. Um, so there was an update that came out that is actually deleting user accounts. So people are losing all of their progress, including old things that they've unlocked through either you know earning in-game money or spending their own money. Uh, so it's pretty bad. There was uh, quite a post, quite a few posts on Reddit and Twitter of people just being like, I can't believe this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like there was one guy that showed receipts for like spending close to a hundred dollars in the game. And like, not all oh, that's wow. gone. So, and there's no way of knowing if they're ever going to get that back. Right. Like you would think that they would have some sort of backup of those records, but there's no way right. of knowing for sure. So yeah. I always yeah. kind of feel with that like... game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No worry. I was just sounds like, I mean, obviously, I hope they're not doing it on purpose. No. So it's just a really unfortunate bug that seems to be like really hard hitting. Like deleting accounts is. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not even a small task. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the part of the problem too is when the game first came out. I think they thought there wasn't going to be that big of a response, but it was such a huge mm-hmm. response. Like people really started playing that game, and. I think might have taken it by surprise. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got like this kind of infrastructure that's maybe like more designed yeah. for like 
what they originally anticipated and now that they've got all this big user base it's probably taken him a little bit by surprise that's just my educated guess on it is that they're probably like shit we've maybe got like four servers and we're trying to like keep this game alive like it's not four servers but yeah, like it's pro- it makes sense that's probably what it is it's probably just a really like weird infrastructure issue it's my guess yeah. but hopefully they get it resolved because that game's great mm-hmm. and i think they should probably be putting more into it not only just in terms of like technical you know behind the scenes stuff but also just you know if people want to play this game you gotta make sure that there's some new content coming too so hopefully ea puts a little bit more priority on it i mean ea's got a lot of other issues right now so i feel like apex legends is like they're winning uh winning uh deck right now they're like yeah we got mm-hmm. apex legends so <laughs> that'll keep us going for a while all right um uh, next up, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it, it was reported this past week that it will not have a game over screen. So huh. they're saying that when you complete, a, if you're going through a mission, say you go through a mission, but you fail its objectives, you could still complete the mission, but you would not be completing the objective. So basically, you wouldn't be able to restart a mission if you fail it, which is interesting. Ooh. That's pretty cool. I guess that in that case, it's kind of like an extra choice right because then you can like choose maybe to purposely not complete an objective Mm. and then everything you do in the game has some sort of consequence yeah including sucking (laughs) i guess well i have to imagine there's got to be some sort of thing there especially for like some real critical story stuff like you know do you want to be like yeah oh i'm gonna skip on this and that uh, that's like the the real gist of your story like probably not but i mean i do like the idea that basically if you fail a mission it's not going to restart um yeah that raises stakes a little bit yeah yeah i imagine there would still be some sort of like checkpoint system and probably you could just reload a checkpoint if you needed to i would Mm -hmm. imagine but still, the fact that it went like loaded automatically is still pretty crazy. I think it kind of like forces you as a person to just sort of like rethink things through and go like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? What's my plan? So I think it's I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I think it. Some people were like really hyping it up, like, oh, I can't believe it. There's going to be some real insane consequences, and I'm like, is there though? It might just be like a case where. You know, on like some optional story stuff, sure, but like on the critical like story stuff, like I imagine that yeah, you, they would make sure that you were getting through that at least. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Probably right. Um. Also, getting back to EA, uh, Kotaku reported on the abysmal working conditions at Bioware. Oh yes. Yeah. That's so. been in. That's like the big news in the gaming industry recently. Yeah. So um, Kotaku published an article on the working conditions at um, Bioware. And a lot of this is after um, a lot of things went wrong with Anthem. Right. And I mean, it's, it's a really long article and... I would say it's honestly worth it reading, especially if you're a Bioware fan, but it's also like pretty damning on them. Like a lot of it is like just a lot of mismanagement from throughout the, uh, the, 
the publisher there or the developer. So, um, yeah, did you guys end up reading it at all? I uh, skimmed through it uh, a bit, but the, the funniest thing, well, like it's not funny. The, the interesting thing is that a lot of people responded with like, yeah, just change the name of the studio. And that's basically what I have to deal with as well at my job. And it just, it kind of uh, brought to light some of the, you know, problems in the game industry in general, not just at Bioware. Uh, so hopefully, you know, more people will start taking some actions to change that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it definitely, I mean, it sucks for EA just because it's like, or Bioware, just because like Bioware used to be great. Like, when we're thinking yeah. of like, you know, the early Mass Effect games and stuff, like those games were great. And now it just seems like that, that Bioware is gone. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and Anthem, yeah, it's pretty much dead. I mean, I'm sure they'll try to update it and try to keep it relevant, but it's pretty much dead at this point. Like, you don't really see that selling well in the next few months. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a really good write up, and actually, like, just I think it also was pretty damning on the Frostbite engine too. Like, yeah. reading oh, it, yeah. They were really ripping into that engine, and I just loved it because, like, I've I, I think the Frostbite engine's okay, but I've also kind of figured to like I kind of was always wondering, like, man, it would be really great if like they could just kind of move on and get like a new engine. So the fact that they were like just ripping into Frostbite, I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I mean, kind of... it, it's a it's a weird thing, like that that they make sure everyone is using that engine, like when the engine isn't designed necessarily to support certain types of games. And I always like, like uh, when unreal engine first became used, like you would, you'd get it. And it was like, it's set up to be a first person shooter. So I actually worked at a studio and we were making like a football game with it. And it was like to, to make something that isn't a first person shooter with that engine. It took a lot of work. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you had to like remove things that make absolutely no mm-hmm. sense in in a game that isn't a first person shooter, and try to get around it. Uh, so I mean, it, I'm assuming it's a similar thing with Frostbite, where it's like, yeah, this was made for uh, Battlefield, and uh, yeah, now right. it's, I mean, they use it for Madden, they use it for for Anthem, and all these other games, and it's just like how and from from what it sounded like is that they just kind of when they can't get something to work, they're like writing a. a you know, some quick hacky fix to make it work, and then it just stays in there, and it never gets properly updated because they just don't have time to do it. Because all these games are using the same engine, it's just it's a yeah. mess. Yeah, sounds like software development. <laughs> well, it sounds like rushed software development. Yes, actually. yeah, yeah. Like it's it's always just like, oh, I'll just get something that works. They don't think about you know future things like reliability. How you know, optimized it is in the future. Yeah, I found it kind of funny when I skimmed that quote about the Frostbite engine where they're like, it's poorly documented, the people who worked on it aren't here anymore, we can't talk to them. I'm like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. That's every engine ever. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, "Hmm, I can can sympathize with this software development, so. Um, Yeah, and like, it's crazy to think that like Frostbite is on version three now. Like version one was like, for Battlefield Bad Company all the way back in like mm-hmm. the original Xbox, well, not the original, but the Xbox 360 PS3 days. So 
it's crazy to think that like it's been around that long that we've had frostbite. I think it's time to finally, you know, move on to something else. So, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully things change. I think there was like a pretty strong response from Bioware. Uh, it was kind of a weird response too because I tried reading it, but it didn't quite make sense because it was like they were acknowledging that these things were true, but also like, oh no, not really. And it's like I, I, I don't know. Did you guys read their response at all? Uh, I saw that they had at least acknowledged that, you know, yeah, we're aware of the problems and we're going to work better, but that's about all I've, I got out of it. Yeah, we're going to work hard to make sure it gets better over here. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, oh, actually, yeah, because I'm, I'm reading it again now. Yeah, and they do say, yeah, we're, we're aware of it. So, um, yeah, look. Good on them. Hopefully they can improve it, because they've got a new Dragon Age supposedly coming up, and if they fuck that up, I will be so mad. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck up Dragon Age, guys. Um, Alright. Uh, that's it for news. Uh, let's get on to what we've been playing. Dennis, why don't you lead us this week? What did you... What did lead you us start? I was actually really looking forward to hearing both of you talk about Path of Exile, but yes, I can go. <laughs> I'll go start. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. So, oh, that's right. Uh, we, uh, I think Kurt also played this, but we were given, I don't know, we were given an opportunity to play a game called The Glass Staircase, which, you know, it, it looks like it's, as Jamie put it, it looks like it's an old, like, PS2-style graphics game with um, the, you know, the fixed camera, like Resident Evil in the old days. Um and it is supposed to be a horror game. And I only played a little bit. I played maybe like an hour, maybe a little longer worth of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that it was it was pretty interesting. I generally don't play these like fixed camera games because they're they're a little like older, right? Like especially the old Resident Evil. Even like when I did play Resident Evil, like the older titles, the ones that I played already don't have the fixed camera. Mm-hmm. So I never played anything like this. Um, but that said, I thought the controls was going to be terrible, and it wasn't. I actually like was able to get my brain around it fairly quickly, right? As, mm-hmm. as long as like, okay, well, if your character's facing that way, you just keep going forward, and you're forward, and you can just like, I was using mouse and keyboard, so I could just like spin the mouse, and boom, you're turning whatever direction you want to go. So controls, I thought, was a lot better than I expected. Um, and then the actual game itself, um, I mean. I guess it's a horror game, so it's a little bit mysterious, so I was kind of confused. Um, I did pick up a lot of the notes that you can find. So you basically start off um, playing uh, a little girl who seems to be in like some sort of like boarding school or something like that, where she's you know living with a bunch of other little girls with um, you know their own beds and stuff in this big um, room, and then. You don't see anybody else. So in the beginning, you see the other girls, and you can kind of talk to them a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. on your nightstand, you see like a glass of water and a pill, right? So there's some like choices where um, I think you can choose to drink the pill or not. Um, and then I think actually the first time it actually wouldn't let you leave the room unless you take the pill. So yeah. like starts off a little weird, right? Like. By weird, I mean like it's a it's kind of like uneasy, right? Like mm-hmm. oh, like, this has got the you know it's got the signature of a horror game. It's got some weird, funky stuff going on. 
you don't know what's happening. There's no adults around. You're just left with these notes and there's like this announcement on the intercom and they're saying things that make me feel like, you know, it's very brainwashy and even cult-like things like good girls take their pills, good girls, you know, uh, do their chores and all that stuff. And then, and then they always have this like looming, um, like threat almost of like, Oh, if you don't do these things, you're never going to go see your mom again. And you're never going to go home, things like that. So I thought the atmosphere was set like kind of well. Um, Mm -hmm. but the game itself, uh, again, I only play like an hour of it. Um, I like, I like the atmosphere, but I didn't actually find it too scary. Maybe it was because of like the graphics and the way it played. Um, but like, there, I play, like I think they're separated into days, and I played two days worth. And mm-hmm. yeah, because like, there's just it, it resets yeah, the day like Groundhog Day style, right? So and then you play like a different girl, and then you kind of get the hint like, oh, the first girl you played from the first day is gone, right? Oh, yeah. whatever happens, or I I don't know, but yeah, and like there's not really any like. Like, I'm just trying to say, it's like, it's not scary to me, right? There's like a jump scare here and there, but it's not scary, but I do like the atmosphere. So I think like, again, I only played an hour worth. So like, that's pretty much all I can say about the game right now. Yeah. What did you think about this actually? Like, since we're talking about this. Oh, I've been, I enjoy it. It's uh, definitely kind of, I think what, what works so well about it is like, they realize that the fixed camera stuff actually works really well for creating tension and horror. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause that's sort of that was kind of like a limitation at the time but it also sort of worked to be like hey you can't really see everything that's around you uh so it works really well for that and i think the the game really does a great job of being like hey here's here's things that are being horrifying and you're not gonna realize it unless you know you have that fixed camera angle where it's like you don't see something until maybe you like go around the bend and then you see like, you know, some fucking like zombie creature thing. And definitely like, I think the beginning of the game definitely is very like more ambiance. Like the, the first jump scare really comes from when you open the door and then you just hear like a shrieking sound as it zooms in on the face and you're just like, what? (laughs) Also, one thing I loved about this that I know is really stupid is back in the old Resident Evil games, when you went to open a door, it would just show like a cut scene of a door opening you going through it. And this game just brings that back. And I'm like, I love it. Like it's so stupid, but I'm so glad they did that. So every time I open a door, it's just like shows the door opens up and you just go through it. And it's just, it's dumb, but it's also like, that was what these games are like yeah it adds tension it absolutely it definitely makes uh makes me feel uneasy waiting for the door to open yeah definitely reminds me a lot of the the clock tower i think it was called like a like an old school like survival horror game that like i think uh some people like i really like those kind of games and like so this was really right up my alley but yeah Yeah, definitely if you yeah. think it's not that terrifying at the beginning, it does get a lot, like, scarier over time, for Uh-oh. sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I want to keep playing it, because, I mean, like, I like horror games. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the walking simulator kind. Oh, okay. So, like, this stuff, I haven't... I never really tried out this style. But I, I like, like, I like the atmosphere so far. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's play a little more of it. It's easy to pick a game like this apart because it's like it's got such a nostalgia for these things, but I think it right. really embraces it and does some really interesting stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that might also be a problem because I don't have that nostalgia factor. So I'm like seeing it as a new thing. Like I know back in the day Resident Evil played like this, but I never played it. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. So uh, that was Glass Staircase. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the name too. I wonder if that comes into play later. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so what else have I been playing? Oh, I've been on a pretty uh, big like roguelite um, train here. So I, I, I was playing Risk of Rain 2. Like, I've been kind of following this game because um, I played Risk of Rain, the first game, and I really enjoyed it. And that game is very much a roguelite. You start with a character with nothing, and it's a 2D platforming kind of game, but you can shoot your gun and stuff. You kill enemies to gain gold. Difficulty increases over time, and then you're basically just trying to run around and get enough gold to spend on these containers, and then you open them up, and you get a item, and then the item will basically give you a buff. Mm. Either things like, oh, you're just faster attack speed now, or really OP ones and they're like there's tiers of how good they are and there's ones like oh if you kill an enemy it ignites other enemies nearby so I, I rather enjoyed the first game but again mm-hmm. that was in 2D and I heard they were making Risk of Rain 2 which is now a 3D game so mm-hmm. it actually it's got the same like kind of um, well not not art style but like you can recognize the monsters because they're the same from the first game and they're really they're they're pretty distinct and you can tell, like, oh, yeah, I know that one from the first game. Um, but, like, the gameplay being 3D um, really, I feel like, made it a lot better. Um, same kind of idea in terms of how to play through it. You can play a co-op or by yourself. You just land and then you kill stuff, get money, and open crates. There's also, like, um, these, like, store crates where, like, you get an option of one of three that you can select rather than just opening a crate and hoping it's a good item. Mm. And then now they added a thing called like a 3D printer where you can trade in a random item, I think of like the same rarity, and then it'll pop out a specific item that it shows you that it will print. So so like the game, you know, it, like I kind of, it's like horde mode basically, right? You just like, all you do is you just kill stuff and you try to get more and more items and you become more OP and you do more damage and eventually you'll have like a zillion like rockets coming out of you or you know enemies are exploding as they die things like that like it gets pretty wild um as you play through the game but they added a lot of like really neat uh things as well that the first game didn't have like they added these things called lunar coins which affect um you know your current game that you're playing for example like it'll give you like oh now instead of health all of your health is gone except for one hp and then it's replaced with a shield like things like that right Mm -hmm. and that drastically changed the thing but you have to pay a lunar coin and lunar coins you know you can save them up across many different like rounds because being a roguelite if you die you have to reset so you know uh but those ones you get to keep but everything else you start from scratch so yeah i've been really enjoying this game i've been playing it with a friend 
In fact, um, when I got it, it was like buy one, get another one free. So I like I knew that this game was something I wanted to play. I bought it and I gave my friend a copy and now he's really enjoying it too. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, it's still an early access though. That's the thing. Like, um, so like, but but it's like it's it's a solid game. Like they have the content, the core thing already implemented. Like you can play it fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, risk, risk of rain. They added a lot of new like cool characters too. Um, That's awesome. Like they got this robot engineer guy who like puts down turrets, and then the turrets do most of the damage rather than himself. Things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Awesome. Um, and then the next roguelite that I was playing is Neurovoider. I really like this game. This game um, it looks kind of like a I don't know. A, 16-bit, 8-bit game? No, I don't know. But, like, it's, like, pixely art style. It's got a really good, like, electronic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you're just... You're... you're the, Well, you play as a robot, but really, you're, like, a brain inside a robot. But you play as a robot, and you get two weapons. And you can customize yourself um, with, like, uh, different parts. So your robot's basically broken up into, like the sensor on the top the core body uh the legs or like whatever however you do your locomotion and then two guns and as you play through the game uh it's like um it's kind of like a map that gets kind of randomly generated but you can select one of three where it'll tell you oh this map is like uh, like the size relatively the size of the map how many elite enemies there are in there and how much loot you can kind of expect to get. Um, So, and then like each area, when you like choose where to go in, it'll give you one of three options like this except when it's a boss. Um, But then like, it kind of looks like FTL in the sense that when you go between areas, it's kind of like almost like a loading bar look where as you progress, you go through the dots until you hit a boss and then you keep going through the dots. Um, But, but yeah, but like the core gameplay is like solid. I think it was really fun. It's just like, because like it's got this kind of like randomized um, item system for the different parts of the robots. Like the enemies are kind of randomized. You can like, uh, you can see like a swarm of little guys that shoot you know very simple like pellety bullet hell kind of guns or you can have like a big enemy who shoots like giant rockets and something like that Mm -hmm. so basically that's all of the game um you just can keep going uh by you know killing enemies and picking up the loot they drop and then you can like compare and decide oh do i want to upgrade my parts or not or like you know scrap them and then you can boost existing parts basically upgrade them mm-hmm. um or you can like uh roll for new part from scraps right and so basically it's it's got this like pretty nice item system that lets you keep playing and then when you beat the game which i finally did at one point it's not that like hard to beat the game because you basically have to fight the boss three times and then go through all the areas and once you do it automatically puts you into new game plus so i think like you can play it forever but mm. at some point you're gonna die and i did 
Um, they also have like a daily run mode, which I think is just for high score reasons. You can play the daily uh, the daily run mode and just pin yourself against other people who play the daily run. Mm. Like it's it's like a game that I feel like if you don't have too much time, you can just pick up and play for like one or two levels and then just like save and leave. And that's awesome. basically what I did. And it was, it was fun. Yeah. Like, like I said, I like the music in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have pick up and go games where you can like, just kind of leave it if you don't want to invest too much time in it. Yeah. Like this is, this is good. Like I love, I love the fact that it lets you save. It's not like risk of rain where like, where you play it and then you have to sit there for basically an hour because you're trying to go as long as you can and not die, and mm -hmm. usually games last about an hour. But Neuro Voider is pretty cool in that respect. Awesome. And then if you really want to like play a game that you know you can pick up and go for like a couple of, well, in this case, a minute. It's a game called Minute. Um, this is a, another roguelite, really silly, like eight bitty art style. And I haven't played too much of this yet, but it's kind of weird. It's uh, it's got a pretty neat like concept, maybe kind of gimmicky, I would say, um, where you play a guy and it's a roguelite, but the game resets every minute. Mm. So, what happens is like you leave your house and you can explore within that minute in the beginning, right? And you can pick up items, and once you get like a item that has a purpose, then the game will actually you get to keep it. So, so you still have like some sort of progression, even though it saves every minute, but mm. you're back to your original location at the uh, end of your minute. Okay. And you basically have to, you know, pick a direction, explore, find stuff, do stuff. And there's like NPCs who will tell you kind of what they want. Like, um, like for example, there's this like bar that you can go into and then the, uh, bartender will go like, Oh, these like five crabs are driving away my customers. So then basically, oh, okay, so okay, he wants me to kill the crabs, and then you have to go and kill the crabs, and then, and then when you've done that, he'll get a new dialogue, he's like, oh, cool, now I've got all my customers, and stuff like that. So things like that, like there's like these little like mini quests that you can complete within your 60 seconds, um, mm. but what I like about this game is the world layout, like if you play Dark Souls and you know how like everything kind of ties back together, um, kind of feels like that where even though you have like this hub which is your house that you start in every single time you can kind of explore all around it mm. and then eventually you will be able to find a new house and then that'll be like your spawning point right you can always go back right things are placed basically far apart or mm. close enough such that you can reach them within 60 seconds so yeah i think like it's a game that's a little gimmicky, but it actually kind of works pretty well. And I got, I like the concept of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think this is like a good, like pick up for a couple minutes and play game as well. But yeah, I like the idea might of be the hard to like, 60 minutes or 60 seconds you have to yeah. do your thing. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Like it's like, I thought it would be really gimmicky, but it really works out because they designed the whole game around it and it's, pretty cool it's awesome yeah oh man working through the list here uh what else did i play uh tannenberg okay so i got this from like a humble monthly and i didn't know anything about it but this is a world war one multiplayer shooter and it's actually really solid like i really enjoyed it i don't know if it's oh i think it is actually on consoles but 
On PC, there's not much of a player base. You'll get a concurrent of about 100 players, mm. which is fine because um, a match is like 64 players. Plus, um, if you don't fill up the entire uh, game with real players, they have bots um, that can uh, basically behave as players. So the battlefield never feels like empty. And as long as you get like half or majority of real players, it really doesn't make too much of a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and what I like about this game is like, unlike Battlefield or other, you know, like World War One, Two, whatever style shooters, um, this one actually like stresses the uh, like idea of like fronts, right? Mm -hmm. Being set in World War One. Um, you can't just like run and gun everything like it's all trenches and then you basically have to run from trench to trench and you push your front line forward and that's why I'm really enjoying this game because like there's a lot of coordination between the squads and each squad has like a purpose and within the squad there are roles so you could be like a grenadier and you'll just have like a different kit um you'll have like an option of one of three kits but then your main focus is that you'll have a grenade things like that so the only thing that I would complain about this game, although like it's not really a complaint because I get that it's set in World War One, mm -hmm. um, the thing is like all the guns feel the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like because I think like all the guns except for the pistols are basically bolt action, right? Um, and it's pretty cool that they like actually don't let you reload some of the guns unless mm -hmm. you've emptied the entire clip, which is fairly. I guess realistic but um but it just feels the same like all the guns i feel like every weapon that's a bolt action that i'm using they just all feel like the same gun which you know it's fine because the game is like very much one shot one kill if you have a bolt action it doesn't really matter where you hit the enemy um, they're gonna go down one shot mm -hmm. so i also like that i like games or shooters with like very quick time to kills and this is like oh if you miss you're dead if you don't miss you're good you keep going so yeah i've been enjoying this a lot i've been kind of trying to look for people online to maybe play this with because i feel like it would be much funner if you actually have like voice communication and behave like a real squad rather than just running yeah and gunning yourself or trying to follow people i do yeah. like the so uh um, the uh the ui for it looks great yeah, like I, I think it's a fairly small developer, but like it's a really solid game. They also made like another game in the same series called Verdun. It's oh, also yeah. set in World War One. I. I think that one was a bit more popular because I think it's been around longer, but this one's fairly new. Mm. Um, but that one doesn't have like I don't have that game, but I've heard that one doesn't have the AI bots filling in for non-real players mm. in an online match, and I think people. People say because of that, it might feel so like a game might feel too empty. Um, but yeah, same same kind of stuff. Uh, there's some like other subtle differences between the two games, but I'm really liking this one. So I That's think awesome. I'll play this a little more. It might be like a daily thing, play a round or two of this. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, last game that I want to talk about is Paradigm. If you don't know, Paradigm is it's like a classic. Uh, adventure game, point-and-click adventure game, except, and I usually hate these. I usually find like point-and-click adventure games the most boring games there are, 
Um, and I don't want to like just randomly spam my clicks because that's usually what I do and mm. like try to figure out, oh, what's clickable when it's not. Um, but Paradigm, Paradigm saves it by having the weirdest writing and the weirdest characters and just honestly really funny stuff in it. Mm. So you play like, I don't know, it's set in like 2026 post kind of post-apocalyptic where um, they have... You play as a guy who's got this like Russian accent and he is this um, like he's this like this child who well they call him like kind of like the prodigy but he was basically like uh, artificially enhanced uh, person um, when they first came out with this and I think he was one of the first ones if not the first one so he was basically genetically enhanced to be very smart and perfect in fact at the beginning of the game like it's like a commercial where you know like to like parents saying like oh if you're unsatisfied with your child does your child want to become an artist <laughs> or things like that <laughs> like it's like well don't fret anymore you can you know you know you can like selective uh, selectively like basically build your own child with you know like the successful you know the things that you want him to do right like oh he's going to be very smart in these areas and all that stuff so basically you're one of those kids um and then you like look over um this power station and then like the computer is like it, like it's really weird it's just weird like it's hard to explain but basically you're sent on this kind of quest because the computer managing this like power station is going to uh, cause the power station to like meltdown if it doesn't get this like floppy disk to patch it and you have to go fetch this floppy disk mm. um, and then uh, so you kind of explore the world a little bit but then there's like this whole other backstory for this um, so like that the first area is basically that you're trying to solve puzzles by trying to figure out how to obtain this floppy disk and eventually uh, save the um, power plant so it doesn't explode and mm. you know uh, and there's like five people in that area. It's like, uh, it's it's just, it's a weird game. And then like you have a roommate who's like an eggplant. Well, not really a roommate. He lives outside, but he's like an eggplant. But it's a beatboxing eggplant. It's just weird. I think like, I can't really explain it any farther because you really just have to play the game to see how weird this game is. Mm. And because it's so weird, I'm actually, like I'm still playing through it. Normally I would have put this style of game down a long time ago but it's just too weird to put down yeah it, it's pretty fun though like the writing is just hilarious it actually makes me laugh out loud at times mm. but like yeah like this, this the things i talked about it's like a nice glimpse into like what the weirdness is like yeah but it, it's it's worth just checking out that's awesome <laughs> if not just like watching like a gameplay of like 10 minutes or something You'll see what I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. The game's called Paradigm. Check it out. That's it. Cool. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go next. Ooh. I already talked about the glass staircase, so I won't reiterate too much from that, but I do. I am really enjoying that. Um, I'm still playing through Sekiro Heroes do I tw or Die Twice. Uh, man, that game gets difficult. Uh <laughs> There's been so many times where even as like a seasoned Souls player, I'm just like, this is fucking hard. Uh, 
because a lot of times like the game will have like a boss or enemy that you need like a, a specific prosthetic for and mm-hmm. so it's like you have to go back and get that prosthetic just so you can like beat that boss but it doesn't quite spell it out for you whereas with other souls games you could just brute force a boss until you beat it or whatever this one was just, it's different in that like i feel like i have to almost look up every time like okay what do i need to beat this boss because i'm guaranteed not to have it it's getting a little frustrating but i'm still playing it so it's a sign that i'm probably not like at that point where i'm just gonna give up on it yet but i'm, I'm certainly not not uh, too too fond of it so far uh we'll see if it improves though it's kind of in that middle ground where I'm like, I don't quite hate it, but I don't quite love it either. Uh, I started checking out Path of Exile. Um, I know, Dennis, you're always talking about Path of Exile. <laughs> yeah, and, I have over a thousand hours in that game, so that's, that's a lot. why it's, I'm talking about it a lot. <laughs> that's a seasoned vet there. Um, I, I just saw it was on PSN, and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. So I downloaded right, they just it. just released it. Yeah, I downloaded it and installed it, and I was like, okay... Mm-hmm. So I started off with the witch, um, and I was like, "Cool, I want my witch to be a necromancer." So I want her to just be summoning a whole bunch of undead. So I f- figured out how to do that, and I was feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, and that's all I've played of it. I just, I right now I have a witch that she brings people back from the dead. It's pretty cool. I like it. But uh, no, the game's pretty good. It, it kind of reminds me a lot of Diablo. It is very like intimidating, though, certainly because like when I got in, I looked yeah. at like the skill tree. I mean, it's not even <laughs> a tree. It's like a sk- web skill yes. diarrhea, almost like it's, <laughs> it's a fucking mess. And I was trying to read through it. I'm like, how the fuck does Dennis get through this? <laughs> yeah, it's uh. <laughs> Like that, yeah. I thought it would just be like a relatively simple skill tree. It's not. It's like farthest from simple. But and I think like every time I look at that skill tree, I or yeah, whatever it ends up being, I end up just turning the game off. Like it's that intimidating oh, for me. No. Like, I just look at it. It's like you got some points, and I'm like, cool. Let's see what I can put it into it. And I'm just like, I'm done with this game. Like it's just too much. But it, it's good. Like the yeah. gameplay's there. It's really solid. I'm just, I'm just not really into this this whole it's a commitment like this, i totally get it i ended up looking up like okay if i want to do a necromancer what do i have to do with the skill tree because i was just like mm-hmm. i wanted yeah, to look through that whole skill idea. tree but i was like i'm just i can't like i've got yeah i don't have enough time to read through like all 500 skills i could put this into or whatever so but yeah no it's, it's good so far my my witch my witch necromancer she's pretty dope so we'll see where, where it goes with her um i was playing quite a bit of borderlands 2 actually because um i found out that right now the at least here in canada they were selling the borderlands uh package with both two and the pre-sequel i think yeah the handsome collection is what it's called they were selling it for 15 bucks it's like dirt cheap i think that's the uh on psn that's on sale for that right now yeah I actually got well. I bought a retail copy, which was kind of surprising. And then the guy mm-hmm. said that actually in the next couple of weeks, it's it's actually set to go up because it was just on sale for the longest time. But now that three's coming out, they're raising the price up again because they figure people are going to want to check out. So I was like, oh shit! Well, I better get it for fifteen bucks while I can. So yeah, I bought it for fifteen bucks, and uh, 
They Put just released a Ultra HD texture pack for it, so it's supposed to look a lot better. Um, yeah. I have a PS4 Pro, and yeah, it does look noticeably different. Like, it looks a lot better. Because I played some last night because I knew that they updated it, so I was like, oh, I want to check it out with this Ultra HD texture pack and it looks really good actually like it really uh i mean it's it's kind of funny because it's still borderlands 2 so it kind of still looks like a janky ass xbox 360 game but <laughs> it's like it's better for sure um i was actually playing a lot with chris uh we were playing a bunch of co-op on that so it was a lot of fun um right now i'm playing as the gunzerker but only just because i have so much nostalgia for him and also, I just love his ultimate ability, like carrying two weapons at once. I can clear out like an entire room with that skill. So I'm just like, I'll stick with Gunzerker, but it's been fun. And of course, I exploited like for 100 golden keys because there's like all those like shift codes out on the internet. First thing I did oh, when yeah. I loaded up the game, I was like, let's see if there's some shift codes still active. And sure enough, like they're even making, they apparently there was a shift code in the trailer for Borderlands 3. Yep. And I'm just like, oh. oh, okay. Which makes me kind of... I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do shift codes for um, 3 as well. So I'm trying to save some of mine because I want to kind of keep some of the 150 that I have for the Borderlands 3. So Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that was a lot, that's been a lot of fun. I think it's good to like revisit the games and just remember like why I enjoyed them so much. Because I do really like Borderlands 2. I'm not a big fan of one, and I never played the pre-sequel, so I'm gonna play through that after I'm done with two. But I just love the humor. I love the story. Like it's all just really well done. Um, Apex Legends. I've been playing a ton of Apex Legends, like a ton. Like I even ended up paying for the the battle pass just because I was like, oh. you know what? Like I'm playing this game enough. I know it's free to play, so I don't have to, but I just felt like I wanted to just to get, like, Octane mm -hmm. and a few other things. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good battle pass, um, and I'm still just really enjoying playing Apex. Although, funny enough, I really tend to play a lot of either... Um, well, Octane a lot recently just because he's he's the newest, newest one, but I also really like playing as Lifeline. Uh, Lifeline's really good, too. Uh, especially because like you can just call in the care package and just like get like a lot of really good stuff from there so that's good um and then finally hearthstone i only mentioned hearthstone because they gave out a three a free legendary to every player uh called archmage vargoth and it's actually a pretty cool legendary at the end of the turn it'll repeat any spell that was cast during that turn but the opponent or the the who it casts the spells on is random uh and quickly people have been like cheesing this legendary for like a whole bunch mm -hmm. of sorts of like otk kills um <laughs> otk if you're not too familiar means one turn kill meaning that you can basically destroy your enemy in one turn uh i had it where i set up vargoth with like a few copies of him on the board and then i just dealt a spell that did five damage and then just repeat six times and i just destroyed the enemy and i'm like this is way too overpowered so i'm expecting them to uh nerf vargoth soon but if you're playing hearthstone like if you log in right now you'll get vargoth for free and he's just such a great card um if a little overpowered and the full expansion comes out on Tuesday, so 
Uh, I think I'm going to probably stream me opening the packs if anyone's curious in watching that. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. Hearthstone, do it up. Uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jamie? What have you been playing recently? Uh, so I too have been playing uh, Sekiro uh, and slowly making my way through it. It gets, like you said, it does get very hard. Um, and it's a little discouraging at times um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to just get your ass so thoroughly handed to you over mm-hmm. and over and over. And like just the fact that I can't power level to get through it uh, sometimes is just a little frustrating. Because that was mm-hmm. definitely my go-to. Like, I can't get through this boss on Dark Souls. Let me just level up a couple times and now do enough damage where I can mitigate the fact that I'm, uh, you know not as good as i need to be to beat this boss normally um yeah i still like it i just yeah it's just kicking my ass so like <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it's 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 still satisfying when you finally get through something like after after getting your ass kicked so i do enjoy it um mm-hmm. uh, i also uh downloaded path of exile on psn because uh, i saw that it was finally on there i th- i think for the longest time it was on xbox only and i must yeah. have just put it on uh psn within the last couple weeks like i hadn't seen it until recently um, yeah it just came out yeah so i i started a templar and uh i am enjoying it so far i'm throwing ice bolts at things and uh everything and shattering it into a million pieces it's very fun um nice. yeah I, I i too am very uh what's the word intimidated by the uh skill tree uh it's like thinking back on like when i when i went and played final fantasy i think it's 10 or whatever when they have like that skill tree setup where it's like the grid system and you can unlock things for different characters and you got to go around this is like that to be like nth degree it's so large (laughs) and it's is it the same skill tree for everyone you just started a different point is that how it works correct yeah so the classes in this game don't actually matter that much because everybody can use anything in right. all the skills, all the items. There's no like class limitations. Well, the class matters in terms of what ascendancy you want to go into, but mm-hmm. that comes a bit later. Um, so yes, it's the whole the whole tree is shared, and then it just depends on where you start. So, but it is laid out in like a fairly sane way. So if you're like a more an intelligence-based yeah. character, like a witch, then that's why you're on the top. So like the top right. portion is more intelligence, the bottom left is more strength, the bottom right is more dex, and then everything in between is like a hybrid of any of the two colors, right? Uh-huh. So there is like a there's like there's a, there's sort of like an organization to it, um, but <laughs> basically like most you don't have to read all the nodes like. Most of them are just like tiny boosts, like 3% attack speed or something. Uh, what you want to look at are the big circular nodes because those are mm-hmm. like, actually they change the way your character plays pretty much. Mm. And then and then when you're trying to get to those things, there's, um, there's like medium-sized ones. And then there you'll see there's like empty ones too. And then eventually you'll be able to find jewels to place into your tree, um, and that's where they go. So it's it's a little complex, um, but like I think like for new players, um, what I generally would recommend is 
start with your own character if you want to do that, but it's not going to be good. Like your first character is always going to be a failure. Um, and then once you get stuck, then I recommend start. If you want to keep playing, you can find a guide online for a specific build and then just follow that because then they'll explain like certain things about why they chose to go, you know, here or something like that on the tree and why they chose to use these types of items. And then you'll kind of get the mechanics of the game a little more through that. Yeah. Yeah. I just looked it up. But I'm like, I, it's a time I don't understand this at all. <laughs> yeah. It's a time commitment. Yeah. Like you'll have to like, if you, it's a little bit of a steep curve to under, like, I don't understand it still. Like I said, I have like a, 1100 hours in it i i don't understand it as well as i probably should but um you know like you don't have to know everything you just have to know like enough to feel like oh, okay i can have fun right yeah mm-hmm. it is fun so far like it's very yeah. much scratching the diablo 2 uh itch for me and uh i, I do enjoy that so yeah though yeah. no, i i am really enjoying it like i I like that there's the options there. It's just figuring out, like, where exactly uh, am I going with this is more so the question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Too but, many possibilities. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm playing that. I will I will probably keep playing that. One of my buddies to start, too, so we can do some co-op at some point. Um, nice. Yeah. And then uh, I also uh, started playing uh, The Surge, which is free on PSN this month Mm. um, and is another sort of that Souls-style game. Uh, It's got some differences to it that I'm actually kind of very intrigued by so far. Um, So, like, it's the standard type, you know, there's a bonfire equivalent. There's a, you know, you you get... um, what is it mods instead of uh gear and then you can also get like like i guess pieces for your little mech exosuit thing that is like armor pieces too um and to get new gear like while you're attacking enemies you can target different parts of their body so like like you'll you'll run up on an enemy he, he's also in a mech suit or something and and so like you can see like oh his right arm is armored his left arm is is not and his head is not armored and you can choose to attack an unarmored spot on his body and do more damage or you can attack an armored spot on his body and then when you beat him you have a higher chance of like knocking off a part and then being able to um like get a piece of gear from him so like it kind of makes more of a strategy on like do i want to just beat this guy so i can kill him without getting killed or do i want to you know take a little risk and then try to get more upgrades for myself by uh attacking parts of him that are more fortified so it's got it's got it's got an interesting system in the combat just from that i think um that's awesome yeah Yeah, so like this game it's 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 pretty good like so far i i think like it's the setting isn't necessarily like on the same level as like the souls games where it's like super uh you know detailed and and amazing looking it's kind of bland so far because it's just a uh you start off in like what looks like a dump like (laughs) like a like a it's like a bunch of parts Mm. and crashed ships around and 
the setting isn't necessarily very uh, interesting yet. But I mean, it might get different. It might uh, be very different once I get through this area. But I'm mm. like going through a factory or something like that now. Um, but yeah, I've only just started it. Like I said, it it does have that combat uh, twist that I find interesting enough where I think I will keep playing it. Uh, and awesome. Uh, yeah, it runs really well. So good so far. Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, I uh, I picked up. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, it's uh, a game that my—it's like one of the few times my wife has actually said, "Like, hey, uh, I kind of want to play that. Like, we we should get it." So I picked it up so that we could play. Oh, um, awesome! Yeah, and uh, we're having fun with it so far. Uh, it's it's got that like uh, ability to like do the whole like we're playing co-op, but I can fuck with my. Uh, my my play with the other player like so like you can like eat the other yoshi when they're jumping around or you could jump on their back and it like <laughs> it's just kind of fun to like just fuck around uh you know while you're while you're trying to get through the levels and uh we we've, we've been enjoying it so far it's standard yoshi like you know find all the red coins find all the flowers mm. and uh, uh that's basically the gist of it for the most part keep all the hearts you know when you beat the level and then you get more flowers when you beat it um, they changed, uh, so now you also have the ability to unlock all these little costumes, and uh, basically, like, Yoshi will just put, like, on a cardboard box that looks like something else. <laughs> so he's just running around wearing a cardboard box that looks like a train. And oh, okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's goofy, but it's it's super cute. Um, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to play co-op, for sure. Uh, so I think if you're into those other Yoshi games, like definitely check it out. It it's got a really cool look to it. Like everything is basically made out of like arts and crafts stuff. So like they'll have like oh here's a bunch of fish and they're made out of paper plates and uh, you know here's a um, an enemy that's made out of cotton balls and stuff like that. So uh, I, I dig it so far and and I'm actually enjoying it and I'm glad that my wife actually wants to play something. So um, we'll keep playing through that. Uh, mm. And then let's see what else. Uh, the last game that I've been playing, uh, I picked, after watching the um, announcement for that Zelda Cadence of Hyrule or whatever it was called, um, game that's coming out. Oh, yeah. uh, they, I, I decided to go back and and try Crypt of the Necrodancer, uh, which is where that character is from originally, um, and it's basically a rhythm based roguelike game where you're you know uh moving to the beat of uh some interesting music and it's really catchy um but you basically everything you do in the game has to be on beat and they have like a little meter at the bottom to help you like realize that here's where the beats are coming uh so like you you basically hop you know every time you know the beat happens and so uh if you if you move off beat it doesn't really do anything other than uh kill your multiplier so you get more coins if you're running around and attacking things while uh while the beats on um but yeah it's, it's pretty good like the enemies are pretty unique uh there's enough upgrades and things to unlock so that like by the time you played through and sucked uh for like the first hour and just died like you can at least unlock enough stuff to like make it a little easier and get a little farther um and yeah, like I think I've gotten through 
two of the four floors like they're all randomly generated um so you'll start in a you know whatever random dungeon and the mm -hmm. enemies will be the same based on what floor you pick but the actual layout is completely different every time um That's so awesome. yeah it's just trial and error and uh hoping for like a really nice uh role you'll get like oh this item is in this chest and now i'm like kicking ass uh you know, the next time you play it, you'll get something completely different and just die immediately. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm digging a lot. I'm now I'm extra excited for that Zelda game because I feel like uh, that with some Zelda music is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the thing because like I think cool. when they announced it, it was like, eh, it seems like a maybe kind of like a weird, weird mashup. But when you actually think of like Crypt of the Necrodancer, like it really is so much similar to uh, the Zelda game. So yeah, I think it's a uh, Good choice. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that is it for us this week. Both Chris and Lucas are not with us. Lucas is like, I don't know, he's working on... He's got a day off. He's going to relax. And uh, Chris, I don't know. Chris is just somewhere, probably. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, feel free to chuck out more of us on 300 Network, uh, 300 uh yeah like i said probably gonna stream some hearthstone um later this week oh, next week when the expansion comes out i think we have actually like a three angry nerds well for like all the podcasts we have other streaming channels so i think i'm gonna try to stream on that so i can stream the me opening the hearthstone pack so if you want to check that out feel free to hop on tuesday probably around i'd say probably around 6 p.m uh six six or maybe uh like we'll do five five p.m eastern standard time so if you want to check that out and uh yeah with that said we'll see you all in the next episode bye for now